0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third. I'm Sandra at CBS Sports, a lead NWSL writer, joined today by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and play-by-play announcer. We're both here today to do a big NWSL recap. We've got five games to go through. Before we do that, I just want to remind everybody that we've been coming at you more than the three times a week that we've been promising. And if you've been enjoying everything that you've been hearing so far, the content that we're bringing to you, the insight that we're giving you all, just a quick reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you can find your podcast. Let's get into it. Lisa, how are you doing today? Andrea, I'm good. Um, we're a little tired in the soccer
0: covering world, but hey, we're really good. The NWSL had a full slate of games. I'm back in my regular studio, which I'm happy to be here. Um, so overall, I'm feeling pretty good. Looking forward to a, an exciting week ahead. How are
1: you? How was your weekend? Did you make it to the Chicago game in person? I'm right there with you. I'm feeling it. Uh, it's a permanent state of like... Tired mixed with like adrenaline, the Olympics and NWSL have been leaving room for a little sleep, but that's okay because this time of year only happens so often. So you got to bring the energy where you can. And I did. I did make it out to that game Um, and we'll we'll get to that. That's one of the later games. Uh, But I'm here. I'm ready. I'm bringing as much energy as I can, folks. And Lisa's helping me carry through it. That's what friends are for. Let's get kicked off with this first game. So we've got North Carolina Courage versus Orlando Pride ended in a 1-1 draw. Goals from Sydney LaRue and Brittany Ratcliffe. Thought it was a really dope game to kick off this weekend of games. You know, these were two teams when we preview, when we were like looking at previewing this match. These were two teams that needed to get some type of momentum going exiting the month of July struggling on a bit of winless streaks for both of these sides. you got Carolina, uh, North Carolina courage that went ahead and made that big trade, you know, during the deadline, they've got Orlando pride, who this was their uh, first game with their interim head coach and Becky Burley. And it ends up in a one, one draw. Uh, honestly, the goals that came out of this one were delightful, enjoyed them a whole lot. Uh, a <laughs> great run of form from LaRue. She's still doing what she's doing for Orlando standout for sure. And a really nice sort of combination play uh, that led up to the equalizer from from Brittany Radcliffe there, but felt kind of right at the end of this one that it ended in a one on draw. These two teams, you know, they have typically played each other pretty well. And uh, so it was not too, too shocking that it ended up in a draw. What were some of your takeaways in this match, Lisa?
0: I couldn't agree more that it was a really good game. It was really fun to watch. Um, The first half was a big battle back and forth because the goals didn't come till in the second half. Um, But overall, the... The play between these two sides was evenly matched, um, which made it a really fun game to watch and a fun game to analyze and talk about. And the goals, when they did come, they were two minutes apart. So these teams were neck and neck this entire this entire game. Um, North Carolina missing some players. Uh, Jess McDonald, not in the lineup at all, Ryan Williams. Uh, but they did have Abby Ersig back in the lineup, which was mm-hmm. h- huge for them. Uh, she was away. At the Olympics, um, now she's back though, so she had some good experience. She didn't look too tired either, which I was expecting a little bit of exhaustion from Ursig, uh, just with the travel, and the time change, and playing really competitive games in the Olympics. Unreal. But she looked in great form, so kudos to her. She, she looked great. Not how I'm feeling with just watching these Olympic games. Um, And, but this game was good. They had a lot of high pressure from Orlando pride, which is traditionally what they do really well. And like you mentioned the new coach, uh, Becky Burley, this was her first game with Orlando pride. And I was able to watch and catch a lot of the media availability post game. And Allie Krieger basically saying that this coaching staff is just what they needed, exactly what they needed. Um, they only had a few days of training and preparation, which with Burley, uh, but quote from Allie Krieger, they felt the most prepared they have all year so far. Under. Under Burley, which is a brand new coach and heading into a game against North Carolina. That is such a big matchup and going against a team like North Carolina that knows how to score goals. That is really positive to hear from a player like Allie Krieger, who is a captain and she always hasn't looked her best throughout this regular season. Um, We have to take our hats off to Allie Krieger. She had a really good game. She is what started the goal for Sydney LaRue and for the Orlando Pride. She picked off a pass from North Carolina deep in the defensive end and just took off. North Carolina gave Krieger space and Krieger took it uh, dribbling at players. And because North Carolina was going in the attack, and Orlando picked off the ball, they were caught in transition moment. So Sydney LaRue was left wide open on the far side of the field, and she had great positioning to drop off the center backs that were supposed to be marking her, receive the ball, one touch, and a really, really clinical finish. That was the the finishing in this game, both from Sydney LaRue and Brittany Radcliffe, were really, really world-class. No fluke goals, no fluke touches by any mean. Everything was purposeful. um, And then, Two minutes later, Brittany Radcliffe doing a lot of work. She's a player in the NWSL, Sandra. Just to give you some insight into my personal fandoms, I really love her as a player. She – no matter where she is and what team she's on and the players around her, she can – be a really good player in herself, whether she's out on the flanks and sending crosses in, or we saw her in this game against Orlando, receiving the ball, doing a quick little sidestep just to move the defender an inch or so and have a really beautiful shot that was struck so cleanly. She's she's fun. She's fun to watch. And I like her with this North Carolina team. It's good to see her there.
1: No, that's a great point to bring up. I mean, she's a bit of a journey woman herself in this mm-hmm. in this league, and uh, it was great to sort of see her get this, this finish, quick one-two in the box. You got to have quick presence of mind, full-on awareness to sort of be able to make those quick decisions that she did it and slotted it away. Uh, felt right that this one ended in, in the draw, so we'll, we'll see. It really just sort of felt coming out of this game that maybe it was a bit of um, missing pieces that made their arrivals to both of these teams, whether... Whether for the current side of things, it was the return of Abby Erseg and um, bolstering up that back line or really having somebody like an Amy Rodriguez, even though she didn't end up on the score sheet so so active on that pitch mm-hmm. um, and having having to tag somebody like Ratcliffe with with more time on the pitch in light of a lot of their uh, offensive pieces missing uh, having to deal with uh, some issues around COVID-19 at the moment and it's really next player up and and Ratcliffe is showing you that Or on the other side with with Orlando Pride and we're hearing from veteran players whether it's Allie Krieger or Sydney the Rue quite frankly in these post games talking about their First game with the interim head coach, how it has felt like a complete change, uh, whether it was Krieger, like you said, you know, saying that it was the most prepared they felt or somebody like LaRue, who was alluding to the fact that it was the energy that they wanted because it felt like somebody wanted to be there with them. So uh, huge, huge, huge telling comments and quotes uh, out of the post game. So maybe a game of, of missing pieces possibly could potentially maybe motivate and propel these teams moving forward the rest of the season.
0: We talked a little bit about the coaching and how these players felt they had hit a reset button. And a lot of times a new coach, when they come into a program like the one that is established in Orlando Pride that has so many good veteran players that have played together for a number of years and they understand their system of play, they don't need a coach to come in and reteach them how to play soccer or give them a new game plan or a new formation. They just need someone that believes in them and believes in their own personal individual skills and abilities on the field and says, hey, go do that. You are good at winning the ball out of the air, collecting it at your feet and finding those first and second passes. Do that as a player. So that's really the vibes I'm getting from Becky Burley and Orlando Pride that she's not really changing so much of the game plan for Orlando. She's more so just being that confident voice of leadership that this team really needs.
1: Moving on uh, to this next game that sort of closed out the Saturday doubleheader of games. Uh, OL rain versus racing Louisville FC. OL rain pick up the win in this one. They get it on two goals, two to zero. And both of the goals uh, coming by way of one of their loans for for the season. Eugenie LeSomere picked up these two goals against racing Louisville FC. And oh, my God, what type of goals they were had. Defenders going on skates there in the final third, uh, really kind of showing off that f- that flair that she has has brought to really the international stage and uh, overseas playing playing with Olympic Lyon. So uh, good on the rain to sort of build on a win like this. Uh, tough, honestly, for for racing Louisville FC. I think you're starting to get into portions and areas of the season where you're starting to see teams maybe kind of separate themselves a bit and you're starting to see the makeup of teams and who they are and what they look like um, in these big cycles where there are missing players for tournaments, whether it's a World Cup or in an Olympics. And uh, on, on one side, you've got already oh, missing a, a few players and then you've got, you know, Racing Louisville, who just this is who they're running with all year, up and down, up and down the roster. And they're struggling a bit with the depth of some other teams. Um, so we're starting to see this uh, come out to, to play a little bit. What were some of your your takeaways from from this match, Lisa? Just to stick with the theme of coaches, this is another
0: team in O.L. Reign that has seen a little bit of a coaching change. They have Sam Lady, who's giving a bit of consistency to this squad before, of course, when uh, Laura Harvey steps in after the Olympics. But having that consistency is helping O.L. Reign. We've talked about it before on this pod, and you and I have discussed it, Sandra, that O.L. Reign has so many good players. I mean, hello, if you watch those girl, those goals from Les Sommers, Incredible. If you haven't seen her first goal, because I don't know how you could miss it. It, The highlights are everywhere, all over social media, all over the website. Go watch her first goal because it is tremendous. So much composure on the ball. She makes the defender look so silly. Cut, 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 literally falls to the ground. The defender's ankles shatter and fall to the ground <laughs> and then the beautiful clinical finish and the second goal as well um it, it actually came from deep pressure within midfield i believe it was weather who picked it up in the middle of the park for OL rain and quick release that's what Rain needs as soon as they win the ball quickly move down the field because they can find an outlet like jess fishlock was just a little bit higher up the field who has such great vision of the field to be able to see Les Sommer on the far side of the field and another great ball into her for those two goals. But Wolverine didn't start this match aggressive. They didn't. They were a bit flat Um, And then to have them go up two goals before even halftime settled in was surprising to me. If you told me that in the first 10 minutes of the game, I'd be like, no way, because Louisville looked really good. They looked really dangerous. They had Nadia Nadim making her first start. She had an appearance last week for Louisville, but now she got the start in the NWSL and she does a really good job of being so dangerous up top and Louisville kept really good possession of the ball. Honestly, they were moving it from one side to the other shifting OL rain and the shot total at the end of this game was 17 to Louisville, 10 to OL rain. Now again, it only counts if it goes in the back of the yeah. net. So yeah. it's okay, but the the pressure that we saw from Louisville and the consistency and the rhythm in their play was really impressive to see. And the future is so bright for this team, Emily Fox. We've talked about her a lot. She was building play out of the back line, getting forward. Um, and, and racing was knocking on that door, especially in the second half, they had so much intensity going forward, but OL oh, rain, they, they have really good players. And we saw a lot of good chances from Zara King who almost got the ball in the back of the net a few times, but, um, Yeah, I mean, this was another really good game. Saturday's slate was hefty, Sandra. It was hefty. These games were good and full of really good goals and competitive to watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think they definitely set the stage for the triple header on Sunday, which we're going to get into right now. But, you know, Lisa, we've been checking on each other. We're going to take a quick break, hydrate, and then get into that triple header games on Sunday to close out NWSL weekend recap. We got to wrap it up, Lisa. Let's get into these three matches on Sunday, Portland versus Kansas city NWSL Chicago red stars versus Washington spirit and Houston dash versus Gotham FC kicking things off on Sunday was Portland thorns uh, hosting Kansas city NWSL. They end up walking away with another win. Talk about a team that is being so impressive with their performances over this Olympic stretch of the season. Uh, we really have to look back as a whole during these last stretch of weeks and really kind of collectively look at what Portland is doing because it has been so, so impressive. I mean, they have week in and week out, it's like they're just sort of increasing their extending their point and their lead on that first place standing just a little bit more as the weeks go by. And uh, they did it again in this one against Kansas City uh, 2-0. And they had a little bit of help in this one, quite frankly, which is unfortunate because we have a we're seeing something in this Kansas City side, aren't we? You know, they're they're 10th place team. They're in the bottom of the table. Uh, but they had an interesting game last week, which we recapped. And, you know, their head coach kind of put it in a very good way that they had walked away with a draw against north carolina courage and that they the way that they can look at it is that they're undefeated in this second part of their season after they're coming off of a bye week so they kind of brought a little bit of a different uh energy maybe coming into this week but it quickly quickly maybe fell apart all that momentum that they built up because they got an old goal uh from kristen edmonds which is a little bit of a gun punch because this is a player who is uh This is a player who's really been a one true constant, I think, for Kansas City, has been someone that they've been able to rely upon on the pitch, has been active for them, has really brought a lot of not just good play on the pitch for them defensively, whether it's been at the center back position or outside back, but somebody who's brought experience and leadership. So that that's tough to kind of start off your game that way, and so early getting this uh, the, this own goal in the in the tenth minute, uh, which Portland just eventually extended their lead before they went in halftime with a goal from Marissa Everett in the forty second minute, and they ended up carrying away this win, 2-0. What do you think could have gone differently for for Kansas City, or is this is this Portland Thorns team just the deepest team in the league right now, Lisa? Watching this game from a Kansas City
0: perspective, it was one of their best that they've had, especially against a team like Portland, who is so good and and so aggressive in their attack, and they don't let down on on any plays. Stat-wise, open play crosses for Kansas City, they had 23 crosses into the box. Just comparison Portland had 13. So that's that's a very big difference. That that just proves that Kansas City was getting into the attack. They were sending crosses in. And we talked a little bit about the trade that had happened between North Carolina and Kansas City. Haley Mace getting the start up top for Kansas City alongside Kristen Hamilton, who have been instrumental in the attack for Kansas City. They, they have more... Fluidity in the way they attack before when they have had Amy Rodriguez up top who is now playing with North Carolina courage It was can nine players behind the ball win it and then try to find Amy Rodriguez up top and just see what she can do with the ball And it did work for them She got some goals on the season But now having a much more cohesive unit under Hugh Williams with players like Pickett and Weber even Edmonds in the back who had the own goal today, but she's been so, so dominant in her defensive abilities, being able to clear the ball out of the back and then also find the midfield and find her forwards feats to move the ball down the field. So the play from Kansas City overall was Pretty good, honestly. I think if they were going against a team that wasn't Portland, this could have been a different outlook for them on the score sheet at the end of the game. They had good opportunities and they had shots, but you have to give so much credit to Portland and Sophia Smith, who was involved in both of the goals that happened. Uh, She's the one that took the shot that ultimately became an own goal for Kansas City, and she also had the the shot that went into the box and before Marissa Everett just poked it into the back of the net. I mean, great timing for her, but. Sophia Smith is a force to be reckoned with. Um, she's finding a lot of consistency in her play. So when she receives the ball, it's not just turn and run at goal or find it the it the players out wide alongside of her to cross it into the box. She has so much dynamic ability in her play, and that's what's been developing over the last few weeks since the Olympic players have been gone and, and doing their international duties. Um It really was a team effort on the first goal from Portland that we saw. It was collected by the center backs, moved forward into Rocky Rodriguez, who laid it off to Sophia Smith, who found Megan Klingenberg on the far side. And then Sophia Smith making a great run back into the box to try to get something onto it, ultimately being an own goal. But if it wasn't, Sophia Smith was right there to jump on top of it. Um, Just a little stats here for you. This was... For Portland, the fourth shutout they've had in five games since the five Olympians for the Thorns are overseas with their international duties. So that is huge. We talk so much about the depth in this league and the depth of players that are finally getting their chance. And this was it for Portland. They had so many players contributing and being in the attack and and getting a lot of good looks on goal. Um, And Marissa Everett with that goal
1: was really big for them to
0: solidify this win report.
1: Absolutely. It was on full display. You know, looking at some of the injury reports ahead of these weekends matches, you know, you're wondering you know, this is this is a Portland Thorns side that has looked very active in front of goal even missing their big international players. Uh this young uh, front line that they have been rotating, whether it's a uh, Weaver or Smith, combining with Simone Charlie, Marissa Everett, who has you know been with the club for a couple of years already, really getting some opportunities to shine here during these last few weeks. Um, and this is a team that's been like really looking dynamic in front of goal, getting a lot of shots up, getting a few things on target, but maybe not getting big, big goal score lines like we're not seeing 3-0 wins we're not seeing 4-1 wins nothing like that you know they've they've been pretty narrow like 1-0 like we're seeing 2-1 2-0 um but that's not for definitely for you know for for lack of effort and there was maybe a little bit of a question mark like with somebody like a Morgan Weaver who's been part of that very active front three or or two with with however they're rotating, like, how was this going to look? And it turns out it just, they just kept it going. And it was great to see Marissa Everett kind of, you know, get on the score sheet for the Thorns because she's been, she's a a player that we talk about a lot of players who are uh, getting the time to shine right now. And she's one of those who's really stood out uh, for Portland for sure for me, Uh, but another win for Portland and it's got them, it's got them clinging to that to that first place. It's uh we're gonna get to the standings a little later, but we got to roll, keep it rolling with the next game. We got Chicago Red Stars and Washington Spirit, uh kicking things off in the middle of the of the day on Sunday. They won this game 3-1 against Washington Spirit. Goals from Mallory Pugh, Rachel Hill, Morgan Gatra Trinity Rodman also getting on the board in this one. And it was the final uh, regular season series for these for these two teams. Uh, these are two teams that have already met three times uh, in the regular season. So we're starting to see these different scenarios for certain clubs start to come into play as, as they enter this next half of the season. And this is one of those that we're probably going to be looking at uh, for for these two teams moving forward. Um, but. I did hit up this game. So it was, you get a little different perspectives when you're covering a game live in person uh, versus only having access to the stream and you get to take in a lot more differently. Uh, but it was pretty evenly played for the most part, I think in the first half uh, for these teams, both of them kind of exchanging um, even keeled like tempos, you know, and, and spending time in each other's halves, neither one really taking a grasp on like, like, control of the game. Like neither one conceding, like, well, we're going to take control at this point. Or oh, no, we're going to do it. It was kind of funny uh, watching that at some point, like no one really was taking control, but no one was really either giving away a, a whole lot either. But Chicago Red Stars broke through on goal first in the 19th minute with a brilliant goal for Mallory Pugh, who literally just said, I'll do it myself. <laughs> Went in a great run, dragged everybody, including Audrey Bledsoe out of her goal and slotted it away. And the interesting Note about that, because I got to hit people with some facts, too, and some notes, too, Lisa, because you are so good at that. I have to contribute as well. But a really fun anecdote about that is that the Red Stars got this breakthrough goal in the 19th minute. And it was like the first time in the regular season where they recorded a goal in the opening 20 minutes of a game this year. A lot of their goals have come much, much later during their games. They've had to build up to some things. Right. Maybe even get some help from goal, but not today. Not today. But that that says so
0: much about this team and the forwards and how far they've come that they don't need to feel a team out for 65, 70 minutes before they get on the score sheet. They can do it early on and impose their game onto their opponents. This it's a huge stat, Sandra. Thank you. Thanks for bringing the fire.
1: Hey, I had to, I had to, I had to come correct. And it was, uh, it was also kind of intriguing to see that. Uh, that they also went on this go-ahead goal just before halftime because this they go up 2-0 off of a, a little bit of a chaotic corner kick, which they kind of won the set-piece battle, I think, in that first half, which proved to be in their favor because uh, Danny Colaprico serving the ball to that kind of connected with Kayla Sharples, and it created enough chaos in the box where Rachel Hill was just sort of in the right place in the right time to ensure that this ball slotted across the goal line, and the Brussels were up 2-0 um, before halftime. And uh, second half, for from my perspective, was very heavy on the on the spirit side of things. They really came out on the front foot and tried to dictate some things and get on the scoreboard. And you really want to try to do that in those opening 15 minutes. And it didn't come right away, but it did eventually come off of a great goal from Trinity Rodman talking about Malpio maybe dragging some players out of position. Uh, Trinity Rodman had her day after being very, very frustrated in that uh. First half, she picked up a yellow for kind of throwing the ball away, did not like in a call from the officiating. And that kind of showed today. Oh, I think we saw that for the first time from the rookie mm-hmm. be, being a little bit razzled. But uh, she she pulled one back. And while it was close for a little bit, uh, things ultimately were decided on a penalty kick where Morgan Gattrall kind of converted. And the Red Sox held things down and ended up picking up all three points with three one win. So this kind of comes into play when we're looking Further down the line, maybe in those September games, uh, early October games uh, where head to heads might come into play for tiebreakers and uh, Chicago's going to look back and they've got two wins against the Washington Spirit in a draw out of their three meetings. Yeah, this was a huge win for Chicago in the three
0: points to climb, climb the table. And for Washington, who has been on a bit of a hot streak, um, Chicago truly shutting down Ashley Hatch, who has come into form of the last couple of weeks with the spirit. Um, You just did a great little analysis of this game. I'm not going to talk too much about it. Just a few points I want to hit on the Trinity Rodman goal. She chased down Sarah Gordon, who is probably one of the fastest in this league, is the fastest in this league. She plays center back for Chicago and she's so dynamic there because she is so fast. She can distribute with the ball and then she can track runners down. Trinity Rodman gave Sarah Gordon a run for her money on speed in this play. I, I was very, very impressed to see this from Trinity Rodman. Not only did she put such high pressure on Sarah Gordon to put her under pressure and cause a fumble of a play, but then to strip the ball and just take off. Sarah Gordon was almost out of the play. I know you were there in person, but on the camera, Trinity Rodman started running so fast that Sarah Gordon was almost out of the camera shot. Before, she did recover, and she got back into it. Don't worry. Sarah Gordon recovered very very well, like she always does, and was able to get back and put pressure on Trinity Rodman, ultimately, who had such class and composure in front of the goal to score that one. And for a few minutes there, Washington had momentum. They were only one goal down. They were looking to get back into it. Um, And then the penalty kick happened. Now, Sandra. This is what I have to ask you about. And I know you were at the game, so maybe you saw it differently. I don't know if they do replays there at SeatGeek Stadium. However, on the replay that I saw, it did not look like a handball from Sam Stab.
1: You know, what? it was very, very interesting to sort of be at the game covering this live and in person and then having people reacting to it by what they were seeing. And it was important that that happens, that you have maybe two those perspectives and being able to get the replay on certain things, um, when you're covering a your live is also helpful too. Uh, but you know, as media, we, we do get the opportunity in instances like this to go ahead and, uh, perhaps ask a question of pro referee about those types of things. So naturally, uh, you know, I went ahead and submitted a question because many of my media colleagues were curious about that. And so the question that was submitted was, you know, what did the officials see on the penalty that was issued? Um, and the answer was the penalty kick was given for handling. So just an interesting answer and, and not shocking to say the least. Uh, but, you know, just putting it out there because, hey, we all got jobs to do. And I'm just trying to do. Money. Yes. Um, But it was just, it was just, uh, you don't, you you can't, it's, it's unfortunate because it's not one of those things that um, can be essentially reviewed. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. like a red card that was issued and like, Hey, we're going to rescind it. It's like, no, this is a penalty that was, uh, you know, ultimately awarded and converted. And that's all she wrote. Um, And credit to the spirit, they, they were knocking a couple times still doing well to kind of win corners in the end there um and try to apply pressure to the red stars but never really uh being able to break through and get any additional goals uh so even if this scoreline would have ended 2-1 mm-hmm. without the penalty it still would have gone the way of the red stars but you you hate to see it honestly um so, yeah, uh, just it's just interesting note, antidote to, to, to leave on that. But uh, for now, uh, the Red Stars in this 2021 regular season got the better uh, of the spirit. And uh, I'm a little sad about it because I really do enjoy when these two teams play each other. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of interesting stuff always uh, comes out of it. But we got one more to get through, Lisa, to get help our listeners get through. We've got Houston Dash versus Gotham FC. The weekend started with a draw, Lisa. It ends with a draw. 1-1 Houston and Gotham. Gabby Seiler for Houston. Ifeoma Onomanu for Gotham FC. Walking away with points. Each side splitting the points. Uh, what were some of your takeaways from this match with these two teams going head to head? Well, before we do that, I have to take a look at the starting lineups and I have to
0: give a big shout out to Megs Kelly, who is now Megan Rosa. She got married, but I played with her at Marquette. Um, She's a doll and I'm really proud and happy to see her get the start tonight for Houston up top. It was really exciting to see. So I was like, look at all these
1: these Marquette players getting married, getting engaged, (laughs) starting and starting lineups. What's good? Oh, I love it.
0: Some are a little more exciting, like a start in a game. So congrats, (laughs) Megs, on that one. But uh, overall in this game, um, she actually had a really good game too. So nice job, Megs, uh, contributing a lot in the attack. But the midfield battle was really big for me going into this one, especially with Shea Groom and McCall Zerboni for Gotham that were going head-to-head in this matchup. Um, There was a lot of chances early, early from... Gotham um, and Anamano had a really good game she got in good looks and good opportunities just not super clinical on her finishing or her choice of shot that's the only thing i'm going to nitpick on her throughout this game but there was a lot of good opportunities margaret purse had a really close one early in the game off a header opportunity it went just wide of the goal but because of that houston sat back they played a bit more defensive not trying to expose themselves so much against a team like Gotham who is such incredibly fast forwards and players that can get in behind with purse and Amano and, and then McCall Zerboni in the midfield and Kawasumi as well, also contributing so much in this game and being a really big threat on the flanks for Gotham. Um, and then taking a look at the Houston side, Jasmine Spencer. Oh, she had an opportunity that she is going to go back and watch and just be really sad about. And I feel for her because the Cross came in. She was wide open, left all alone, right by the penalty spot. As the ball came in, she tried to volley it in the air. She ended up missing it completely. She had time. She had time to bring it down. Not like decades of time, but take a touch and then find the back of the net. She also had a teammate that was just 5, 10 yards behind her who could have said, leave it. Leave it for me. And that didn't happen. I think that would have been the game changer for Houston in this match um, for sure. If they could get a, a second goal, well, one going into halftime on that Jasmine Spencer opportunity. Um, and then also right before halftime, Onamano had another really good opportunity. Lindsay Harris in goal for Houston had a really good game. It is hard to go up against a player like Margaret Purse, who is constantly running at you, and Onamano, who has such a quick turn and the ability to fire a shot with not a lot of space in front of her and Lindsay Harris made great reaction saves based on what Gotham was throwing at her from their attacking end. Um, we do have to talk about the goals a little bit. Gabby Seiler for Houston, she got on the scoreboard first. It was her second NWSL goal, second one this year, and second in the league. It was off a corner kick. Um, she was waiting on the back post. It was a really good volley, really clinical. And it's good to see players like Gabby Siler who are stepping up in these moments when the Olympians are gone. And she's finding her footing. She's not just getting starting positions, but she's doing something about them. And in the minutes that she's given on the field she's getting goals and, and taking those opportunities. Um, Gotham did respond pretty closely after that Gabby Seiler goal with a uh, goal from Anamano, but it was deemed offside and then ultimately called back. We've seen a lot of that in the Olympics, so I'm not surprised that we saw it in this weekend <laughs> of NWSL play, uh, but then. I think it was the 89th minute. Onamano did get one on the board, the, the equalizer for Gotham down the right side. Uh, Caprice Didasco constantly sending crosses in, being dangerous, getting up the flank, being really tight and neat on her crosses and her services into the box. That makes it really easy and fun for players like Anamano to get on the end of them and try to find the back of the bet. So Caprice Didasco had a phenomenal game throughout this match. Um, and then one thing we didn't talk about uh, Mitch, Mitch purse, Margaret purse. She did get injured. Uh, she came off yeah. in this game. It, it looked to be non-contact from where I was sitting on my couch. Um, as the ball came into her, she tried to take a touch. Um, I, I don't know anything specific, but I, I hope it's not too serious. Immediately. She asked to see the trainer and, and wanted to get off the field, which is really smart of a player to do that and know that if I continue to play, even though I want to, I may injure myself. Um, and a lot of times players that have reoccurring injuries, they know exactly what it is when it happens. And that may be the case. She rolled her ankle and she knew, okay, I need to get this retaped, or I need to do something else. I need to strengthen it. Um, so I'm not too concerned there. I hope she's getting some rest and training and and they have a week to do that and to recover for Gotham. Um, but that yeah. was the only major thing in this game besides Megan Kelly getting the start. Ooh, go go Eagles.
1: <laughs> Megan Rosa. <laughs> Shout
0: out. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, Megan Rosa. Sorry, Megs. I I've knew her <laughs> Meg no, nice. yeah, was Megan Kelly. Now she's got that personal
1: <laughs> connect, but no, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, you know, I hope, uh, I hope it's, it's something minor. And I hope, uh, if, if purse needs time out, uh, that it's for a limited amount, uh, because she's absolutely someone who has her profile has just absolutely risen, um, um, on this team, uh, in this league, uh, in the larger pool of the United States women's national team. And, um, you hate to see something like that happen for sure. So I hope it's something minor, um, uh, an ankle injury isn't something that is, uh, you know, person unfamiliar with. She, she had to deal with an ankle issue um, back in her Portland days. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully we'll get an update on that and be able to fill everybody in. Uh, but for now they, they split the points and uh, it kept the standings uh, interesting for, for sure. Let's take a look at these standings before we close things out here. Portland Thorns sitting nice and cozy in first place with 25 points. And number two, there's, Gotham FC with 20, number three, also with 20 points, Chicago Red Stars, number four, Washington Spirit with 18 points, number five, North Carolina Courage with 18 points, number six, Houston Dash with 17 points. So that's your top six teams in position for playoffs at the moment. And rounding things out at number seven is Orlando Pride with 17 points. Number eight, OL Rain with 16 points. Number nine, Racing Louisville FC with 11 points. And number 10, Kansas City NWSL with four points. So things still definitely interesting. Shaking things out in this next half is going to be real, real exciting. Uh, it's starting to look, things are starting to take form. Um, there's, going to be a lot of places up for grabs. Nothing is settled by any means. Uh, It's exciting. It is very exciting. And for Portland, they've almost
0: solidified their spot at the top right now with 25 and gotham and chicago each with 20 points so even a win from gotham or chicago next week doesn't knock portland out of that top spot and although the standings have been so close throughout this entire regular season they're starting to stretch out a little bit but honestly not much at all because if you take a look at number two even to number eight from gotham chicago all the way down to Ol rain it's only a four-point difference between O.L. Reign at number eight and Gotham at and Chicago sitting in number two spot at 20 points. So this is anybody's game and anybody's season. And the way that O.L. Reign is going right now, I could see them jumping a bit in these standings. Of course, it shakes out how all the other teams go down and and what happens in those matches. But this is the best season of the NWSL. I'm so happy we're covering it, Sandra, because we get to be really in the weeds for it all. And I love this.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, You'll love to see it. Everybody always talks about how this is the toughest, most competitive league in the world. And uh, a lot of times in saying that a lot of the top four used to be top four uh, would always kind of shake out with similar names, but it's really great that it's expanded to top six now and uh, that there is so much parody watching week in and week out and how tight these standings uh, can be. So I've been excited uh, covering it with you. We're going to be there for everybody along the way. If you're listening to this, you're either very tired uh, from watching the Olympics or or not. Maybe you're catching it on the replay. Uh, But I just want to let you know that we'll be uh, there for you as well, too. So NWSL side of things and Olympic side of things. Folks, I want to thank you all so much for listening to us. Another quick reminder to follow us on twitter at attacking third we're on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher and anywhere that you listen to your podcast we're also available this video so please subscribe to us on youtube just visit youtube.com slash attacking third and we will be back bright and early to recap the united states women's national team semifinal against canada so stay tuned for sandra and lisa roman this was attacking third